wandering journo at Stories That Matter Studios. I'm Nance Haxton, and this is The Streets of Your Town. The podcast that takes you on an audio journey highlighting a different slice of Australian life each episode. Buckle up to meet a great array of ordinary, everyday, incredible Australians. This podcast is brought to you by DM Podcasts, part of Diamantina Media, with more than 25 million downloads for a range of shows such as The Batuta Advocate and Chat 10 Looks 3. Streets of Your Town podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians on whose land this story was gathered, the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people of the Kulin Nation. I acknowledge that for tens of thousands of years, First Nations people walked this country and shared stories on this great land down under, and I walk in their footsteps today. I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Well, Streets of Your Towners, after a bit of a creative break following my 100th episode, The Wandering Journo is back with a cracking kickoff to Series 5 of Streets of Your Town. I've just returned from one of the most exciting secondments of my now three-decade journalism career to the Cathedral of Sport, the great MCG, where I was part of the National Indigenous Radio Service team covering the 2023 AFL Grand Final, and I have brought back a glimpse of the action behind the scenes from the broadcast box, where the incredible NERS commentators call the Grand Final live, broadcasting it out to some of the most remote communities in Outback Australia, areas that even the Australian Broadcasting Corporation's vast network doesn't reach. Indigenous players are the backbone of this great Australian game, and I speak to two nurse broadcasting legends, Ron Rogers and former Collingwood player Chris Egan. They both give their insights into the magic that Aboriginal players bring to Australian rules football, and the privilege they feel broadcasting ball by ball to hopefully plant the seeds of dreams for more Indigenous players from remote communities to become part of the great game. Yeah, no worries. So, Ron Rogers, um, I've been a broadcaster with the National Indigenous Radio Service since 1998. Ron, here we are just a couple of hours ago before the big dance, as it's called. Do you still get excited after all these years? I think everyone does. It's um, And look, you couldn't have got a better day weather-wise. So, I mean, I was, we were sitting in this spot uh, 12 months ago. Unfortunately, I'm a Swan supporter and they were absolutely pumped by Geelong. So, uh, And we also did the Richmond uh, Giants Grand Final from here as well. So, hoping this year will be a close contest. Not so much one-sided. Can you give us a bit of an insight into what it's like to be a broadcaster here at the ground? I think so many people wonder what happens in in the booth. Does it get pretty hectic in here? It's not as glamorous as it might sound. <laughs> uh, I Part of my role is to carry the gear with me. So I do all the setting up. Oh, truly. Uh, cart the gear. I, I live two hours from Melbourne. Yeah. So it's a two-hour drive each way for me. Uh, so it's a long day. Uh, and then... Once the game's done and the broadcast is over, pack up, back home. But look, it's it's we're, we're a bit spoiled. We have the best room in the in the house, and we get a great view. And if you love the game, it's it's a pretty good gig. And what about uh, the side of learning all the names and things like that? I mean, you've got to keep across it all year. Do you well, know, how do you do that? Yeah, it's not that difficult. Once you've been doing it a while, you uh, and I've been doing it so long. I'm even calling the sons of some of the players I called. True. Yeah, and that's, that sort of makes you stop and think. But but now, once you get the core group, there are some peripheral players that 
be new players at the start of the year or, or something like that. But generally speaking, it's you know, especially the better sides, you see a lot of them. It's, it's not, not so difficult. Some of the non-Victorian sides, like Fremantle and uh, maybe the Gold Coast, we don't see all, all that often. Um, yeah, that can be a bit more, bit, bit more difficult. But generally, it's, um, it's, it, I find it second nature now. And how did you end up in this role? Did uh, you play it yourself? No, I was very lucky. I just fell into it by chance, really, and uh, called some country football. Um, the gentleman who was um, controlling that particular station took over as the manager of the NIRS and um, sort of sent him in a new direction as far as doing AFL rather than NRL and so I got an opportunity through uh, through him and here we are 25 years later still going around. And is um, AFL still as much of a religion in Victoria as oh, it used to be? Yeah no doubt and I think <laughs> even in the traditional non-football areas it's becoming like Brisbane and Sydney it's becoming uh, becoming even more so so you know it's really very popular and they've got some great programs with the Auskick, grassroots programs that, you know, and school programs that will keep hopefully uh, some talented youngsters coming through. And what about from that Indigenous perspective as well? You must have seen a lot of changes in 25 years. I've been very lucky. I've worked, uh, I've called a lot of the great Indigenous players and got to work personally with some of them as well in the broadcast box. Guys like Chris Johnson and uh, Chris Lewis from the West Coast, um, just to name a couple, you know. I can go back to the crackers. I wasn't um, uh, Jimmy and Phil Cracker just as a fan, you know, when I was a kid. Uh, but well, there's something mystical about how good they are, you know, and it always fascinated me. And then to get the opportunity to work with them and broadcast not only Indigenous but non-Indigenous players as well, it's, it's just something about them. They're, they're, it's a real mystique. And the Cracker brothers were like that. Of course, Andy Cracker, who's the son of the great uh, Cracker boys, he's, um, he's one of our regulars as well. And of course, you know him from... Yokai footy as well, so yeah, it's been a been a great journey. And I mean, it, I, I just think mystical is the word because yeah. uh, I remember watching Shea Cockatoo Collins twenty years ago in Port Adelaide, and just thinking, how does he get from there to there? And it, you know, it just seemed magical. Yeah. Um, what do you think yeah. that is? It's like an intuitive yeah, sense of the ball. Yeah, it it's it's very much an intuitive thing, and they 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 read the game so well. Mm. They 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 know what's happening before it happens. A lot of those guys. Mm. Um, Bungie McLeod was another one. You just, they just, just Michael Long. You know, I mean, you could go on and on. But they even um, Kadeen Coleman in the preliminary final last week was amazing. Yeah. I, I was actually like, I don't know what position he's in. He's just all over the ground. <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, look, we've seen and Sean Sean Burgoyne's another one who had such a long career and things. I didn't call him Silk for nothing. He could just do amazing things. Is there anyone you're looking at for today, or what? Are, what are you sort of looking forward to today? I'm a bit, bit more uh, low key today. Last year, as I said, it was a Swans Grand Final. I got to call it, and uh, that would have made was, you nervous. Yeah, it did a bit. It wasn't very, it wasn't a happy ending. So, <laughs> so uh, this year, um, two best sides. I think it's a perfect day. Yeah. Um, the AFL, you know, I mean, have done a great job of putting it together as, as they always do. But um, it's just, I'm just hoping for a good close contest and. Hopefully everybody enjoys the day. Gosh, listen to that crowd. We're not even a quarter full, I don't think. No, I think they're doing some of the um, introductions for the grand final sprint. Uh, and, uh, of course, there's all different fans here from certain clubs. And uh, this is a final, actually. And um, uh, Holmes from Geelong and Ed Richards from the Bulldogs were the two heat winners. And uh, it's always a great spectacle, the grand final sprint. Oh, there's so many lovely traditions as part of the grand final, isn't no, there? That's yeah. part of the day. Yeah. Absolutely. And this is certainly one of it. Sort of went into a bit of a lapse for a while, but they've brought it back and it's super exciting. And as you can see, they're lining up here over to oh, our left. Oh, here we go. 
and this is uh, this is a final. So we'll see how it, how it goes. The crowd love it; they get right into it. So that's Holmes from Geelong, and he's uh, he's well in front, and he's going to oh, win yeah. easily. He's, he's got a very fast. Oh, he loves it. <laughs> Amazed by the atmosphere, even in uh, Melbourne, it's like the whole town, the whole city yeah, gets into it. Yeah, don't they? Everyone's does. been so helpful and yeah. in a happy mood. Uh, it's uh, it's a great time of year. September in Melbourne, the football finals. Of course, then there will be spring racing following that, and just a great time to be uh, to be in Melbourne. And when the weather's like this, couldn't ask for more. Ron, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. No, no worries at all. That was Ron Rogers, NERS AFL commentator legend with 25 years calling grand finals under his belt. And not only does he do the commentary, he sets up the microphones and equipment before each game to broadcast on the AFL website and to NERS affiliated radio stations around the country. Chris Egan is also a nurse commentator from the 2023 AFL Grand Final. He's a former footballer for Collingwood who brings his distinct knowledge as a Grand Final player to the team and he was kind enough to speak to me before the Grand Final began. I'm Chris Egan. Chris, we're, here we are just an hour or two before the big game. Yep. Do, do you ever, the, the excitement the same, particularly as a, as a former player? Can you describe what you're feeling? Yeah, it's always a good vibe, grand final day. Um, as you can tell, September, always, weather's always good in Melbourne. And when, you, you know, when you're the biggest sporting club in Australia, who I was fortunate enough to play with, Collingwood, um, when they're out, it's just a whole different vibe, like I was saying just off here before. But um, you know, everyone's happy because they're going to see Collingwood win or Collingwood lose. So it's just one of those days and uh, you know, hopefully it's going to be an absolute belter of a game. Just, I can't get over the noise already and we're not even like a quarter full. <laughs> yeah, well that's, that's grand final day. And uh, you know, everyone's up and about. You see the excitement in the air. You know, coming in today you can see thousands of people out in, the, out in the grass area doing all the activities and all that sort of stuff. And, um, it's just a whole different vibe and, and, and you know it's really up and about and it gets everyone involved so yeah you couldn't ask for a better day honestly. So how nervous are you as a former Collingwood player? I'm very nervous um, you know I was here in 2018 and unfortunate we lost and I was on air that day and it was pretty tough so I hope we don't have a repeat of that but uh, at the end of the day you know, call it straight down the line, but hopefully it's a, just an absolute belter of a game. Uh, doesn't, uh, it does matter who wins. I want Collingwood to win, obviously, but um, you know, I just want it to be a close game, not a not a flogging like this. You know, Sydney game last year that we called, and or the one before that, GWS and Richmond. You know, those type of games sort of get a bit boring. So hopefully it's just an absolute cracker to the end. And what about for um, the Indigenous players today? Who are you looking out for that you're looking forward to? Well, obviously Bobby. Bobby. You know, um, Indigenous lad playing for Collingwood in his first year. Come across, he wanted to come across last year. However, the you know the deal with GWS didn't fall through, and um, now he's come through and he's and he's played absolutely you know tremendous football. Lit it up in the first quarter last week in the prelim as well. And um, you know then obviously you got Charlie. Um, what's the other boy? Uh, Coleman. Coleman, Coleman, Coleman. I love. Great game last he week. did, and you know he's one of the best ball users I've ever seen, and that's hard to say because I've played a lot of a lot of <laughs> footy, but his brilliance with that hill in hand is just unbelievable. Love to watch it, and Rainer as well. Rainer, 
you know, I love he's he's got back to full form after coming off that ACL. It does take a while. A lot of people don't realise that it's not just a physical injury; it's the mental side of things to overcome that. And um, he's playing, you know, really good football, and he just adds, adds another cog to the chain up their forward line and in the midfield. So, you know, as long as all the Indigenous boys have a game, I do want to hear a bit of Charlie's music today. Hopefully, I hear that, but hopefully, it's early and not too late. Um, but yeah, no, just watching any Indigenous player out there doing what they do is just always a pleasure to watch. What, what is it about the way Indigenous players play? Do you think is it, it's not just intuitive or is it just really, it, it just fascinates me how natural the game is? Yeah, it's just, it, it's pretty hard, you know, it looks intuitive, it looks hard, looks, you know, pretty easy to a lot of them in terms of talent and all that sort of stuff and I was, and I was blessed with talent. and. Um, yeah, but there's also a lot of hard work behind it. That's thousands and thousands of kicks and handballs at the park that's just been creative, implementing basketball and football. And, and you see that side of things. You even see it on, not, Scott Pendlebury is a perfect example of that. You know, his ability to create space in you know, very confined spaces, that's all because of his basketball IQ as well and his ability to you know, be able to create space by you know, faking a handball or whatnot. So, and you see it with the brothers, they do it all the time. And it's just, you know, it's like watching art come to life, really. It is. It's just, there is something quite, we were saying before, quite mystical yeah. and magical when, um, yeah. like watching Kitty and Coleman last week, I just, it was all over the ground. Like, yeah. I don't know how you do that. Well, exactly right. <laughs> and, and, you know, um, you know, most players that have played at the Gabba, that's a really tough ground to play. It's very small defensively, especially in today's footy with the running presses. And he's just lacing blokes out like there's no one even within 100 metres of him. And, uh, but he, you know, he's creating that. There was one where he'd done this, where he's pretending to go out into the wing, and next week he just banged it to someone in the middle of the ground. You're like, how does he even see that? You know, that's just embedded in him. You either got it or you don't. You can't teach it. You know, that just comes off instincts and just game knowledge. So is it wonderful for you to be able to call the game after, you know, being so intricately involved in it, playing? Yeah, absolutely. I'd never thought I'd be a part of the media side of things and all that. And um, you know, that took a turn. It keeps me involved. You know, obviously with today's AFL and. Um, you know, it's some, some sort of a pathway that I want to go as well, but you know, it does keep me involved, it keeps me interested, and um, these ones are always tough because I'm very interested. I'll try to be professional, try and call it down the line, don't I, Ronnie? And, um, and sometimes when Dom Sheep kicks one from the pocket, it can break your heart and break your headset. So I'm not, I promise I won't break nothing today. <laughs> Does it bring back some lovely memories of you playing as well? Absolutely, especially when you you, know, you get into the G earlier, you sort of just, you know, you look back on the things that you've been blessed to do and play in front of big crowds. And I was blessed enough to play finals in front of 80s and 90s and 1000s here at the G. And, you know, you sort of, it takes you back. And, um, you know, you can really just, you get a vibe of it out here. When you're out there, you know, you don't hear a lot of things and that, but it's hard to take it in as well because you're so, so focused at the job in hand. So, when you get here, you just get a real feel of it. You can get a feel of the crowd atmosphere, and you know, and you think about what the players are thinking right now. They're just trying to be as relaxed as they possibly can, and just go through their normal, you know, routine. You, know, you can see a couple of boys out here, Dacos and Gidevan, just having a couple of shots. Nothing too strenuous, just out there sucking in the sucking the environment, getting a feel of it, and then get ready to put on an absolute show. It must be overwhelming. I think I find it interesting how some players really rise to that challenge in these big games and others are quite overwhelmed. Is is that the key, just coming and having a kick like you always would or what did you use? Absolutely. I, I was, you know, probably back when I was, you know, it's a bit, a bit more relaxed these days, you know, back when I was playing, it, it was full-time. They're full-time footballers now, don't get me wrong. But they, they've got a lot more flexibility than what we had. 
and um, you know, sometimes you're even almost too scared to laugh sometimes because you have to really read the room, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, I was me and I prepped how I wanted and Mick understood that too. You know, I was a bloke who liked to have a laugh and joke around and because he knew once I come up that race, it was, you know, I was switched on and ready to go. And if that's what works for you, everyone's different. You'll see Pendles come out here, you have his headphones on, you see other lads out here just chatting away and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it just, it's just about being relaxed and, you know, just take it in the environment. Don't overthink too many things because sometimes you can play the game in your head before you get out there and that's one thing you don't want to do. So just to finish, what would be your standout finals memory? My standout finals memory as a player or as just watching football? As a during, player. As a player. Oh. <laughs> Jeez, there's a few there. Oh. I'd have to say... W, yeah, West Coast, we we're going to draw. And then we went to overtime, yeah, so that would be one for me. Yeah, incredible. Look, thank you so much for sharing that. Is there anything else you'd like to mention that I haven't asked you? No, just thanks to Ronnie Rogers, man, who's been calling together all year. My brother from another mother. <laughs> and Baz, Baz taking calls as he does. But um, no, it's just really good, you know, really good that we're back up and going. We didn't think it was going to happen, so, you know, really happy that NIRS is back up and going. So if you listen to this podcast, Sponsor us. We need all the yes. support we possibly can get can because to yeah, and you know, and it just and it creates opportunities for the indigenous lads who maybe want to go down that media, you know, Absolutely. pathway. Um, it's definitely a great stepping stone for that as well. So yeah. we encourage all the support in the world we can but, behind because us because it's broadcast on the AFL website. It sure well, is. I mean, that's fantastic. Absolutely, you, know, you can tune in today if you're listening yeah. outside mm. AFL app. Tune into NIRS. Thank you very much. Nice, thank you. That was former Collingwood player and broadcaster Chris Egan giving his insights into the great game of Aussie rules for Streets of Your Town. Streets of Your Town is produced by Nance Haxton, a.k.a. The Wandering Journo, with production assistance from Michael Adams. That's it for this episode. I'm Nance Haxton. If you'd like to meet more everyday, incredible Australians, subscribe and listen to the back catalogue of Streets of Your Town, including Series 2, The Journo Project, on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, please review and rate Streets of Your Town on your podcast provider, share the show with your mates, or join my wandering Journo tribe of supporters at the Streets of Your Town website. Site, soyt.substack.com. Mm-hmm.